2: it's Wednesday, it is June 26th of 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Six games on the early slate and nine games on the main slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Oh, not too bad. Today didn't go great. was really on the Padres, but had a whole bunch of nailer and Fran Mill. So it happens. But you know what? on to the next day. It's still been a good week so far.
2: Yeah, I don't think I had a Padres stack that didn't include those two. <laughs> so um right there with you. Um, like you said, ready to move on and um, you know, break down these this early and main slate here. Uh if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotogrinders links. That way you get access to the Rotogrinders promos and you'll get three months of Roto premium for fantasy draft once you make a first deposit and start playing over there. So if you haven't checked them out, make sure you head on over there to check them out. Um, Grant, we're going to jump right in. Got a lot to talk about. Got the White Sox and the Red Sox. Nine total here. Renardo Lopez against Chris Sale. Chris Sale, a minus 380 favorite. Massive favorite here. Um, any interest in Renardo Lopez?
1: No, no, I don't think he makes the cut. Red Sox are just too good, and he can get wild. And quite frankly, he's not great right now. So uh, he's probably going to get hit hard. I'm not playing him.
2: Yeah, I don't really have any interest. Um, Like pretty much what you said, he's facing the Red Sox. There's not really a reason to roll him out here. Uh, Chris Sale on the other side, you know, he's obviously one of the top pitchers on this slate. Um, What are you doing with him here?
1: I'm probably just going to play 100% of him here. It's not a – it's an all right lineup. Like Bray, McCann, Jimenez, all power versus lefties. Garcia's been all right this year. Tim Anderson's a good hitter. But they still have a decent amount of K's, and Chris Sale is just a never fade guy. He's one of three never fade guys, and he's probably the biggest don't fade at all pitcher. So, only reason to fade him is game theory. I'm probably just going to lock him in.
2: Yep, have no issues with that. There's a massive, there's a reason that he's a massive favorite. Um, You know, for all the right reasons here, he has a 35.4% strikeout rate on the season. Swinging strike rate around 14%. Uh, This is a team that strikes out a a lot against left-handed pitching, and this is a team that's much better against righties. So really like sale here. Uh, So see no reason not to really load up on sale outside of just pure ownership. But even at that, you know, I think there's not like a chalky SP2, so that could lead to some interesting ownership elsewhere. Um, Any interest in the White Sox bats?
1: A Brayu as a one-off isn't a bad idea. I mean, he mashes, and he's only got eleven percent K rate versus lefties. Um, I wouldn't go McCann, who has basically the same numbers, but as a high K rate guy, it's just a Brayu, and that's it. And that's just only because it's a six-game slate.
2: Yep. Um. Ooh, yawning. Any interest here in the Red Sox bats?
1: Yeah, Ben Nintendi's one of the best plays on the slate. JD, Mookie, both fantastic plays. I mean, you can play anyone. You can play literally anyone in this entire lineup. But Ronaldo Lopez gives up a ton of hard contact, ton of fly balls. It's a decent ballpark. They have a six implied total. There's they're they're one of the top stacks on the slate. And JD and Mookie are two guys that you should be looking to get into your lineups.
2: Yeah, you know, Ben Tendi is a little bit cheaper. Um, So, I honestly, I don't hate that call. Devers is expensive. You know, he's another guy. It's just going to be how many of these guys can you fit in there. Jackie Bradley Jr. under 4K, I don't hate that. But, yeah, you know, obviously it's a really good spot. You know, you talked about the power numbers. Renato Lopez, uh, ISO, over 240 to both sides of the plate this season. So, float up on the righties and the lefties here. Um, Good spot. Toronto at New York facing the Yankees. 10 total. Trent Thornton against James Paxton. Paxton, a 270 favorite here. Any interest in Thornton?
1: No, no. Yankees are essentially, they're probably better than a normal team course. So I, I don't think I'll play a single pitcher against them unless it's a real ace in a decent ballpark. But Thornton's not an ace. Gives up a bunch of hard contact. Too many ways this can go wrong yeah
2: um the days of playing pitchers against the yankees are pretty much over they're healthy um they obviously are going to strike out some still but there's just up 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 and down this lineup like where's your weakness like there, there's no weakness like they, they went out and they're like oh kendris morales you know he's our weakness let's go get you know e5 so um Yeah, I just – I'm not playing Thornton here. He's not a terrible pitcher, but, again, it's just – you're not typically going to target the Yankees. Paxton, you know, back-to-back really solid games for Paxton after struggling a little bit. Um, You know, the walk rate is still up, and I think that's concerning. But you have a young team that's probably going to swing a little bit more than a a veteran team here. So I don't hate Paxton at 9K.
1: I think he's really underpriced here. I mean, the walk rate – Still something to be a little bit concerned about, but not really. He only had one walk against the White Sox. He had three against Houston who's a team that knows how to work their count, has a lot of dangerous hitters, so I'm kind of disregarding that as a high walk outing. He's been decent enough in the prior two starts there. They're letting him get up over 100 pitches, and he's got a 30% K rate going up against a team with a whole lot of strikeouts in it outside of Vlad and Sogard, who he's due for some huge negative regression. No way he can be this good versus lefties. I mean, it just doesn't really happen so uh yeah not terrible amount of power in this lineup paxton's really good he can get beat up a little bit the only problem is sales on the slate if you can't afford sale paxton would probably be my third choice up there at the top
2: yep i I like the spot for paxton um i think there's routes to playing paxton and sale um i don't know if i necessarily want to do that but i do think there's ways that you could do that um maybe paxton and another guy but yeah i think this is a spot you can
1: certainly look at paxton um toronto bats anything no no it's just not worth it there are too many good bat spots on the slate
2: um yeah i'm I'm kind of i'm kind of feeling the same you know it is a six game slate and you know obviously there's always upside in any team but i don't think i'm gonna pull the trigger here especially when you got a good bullpen behind paxton as well so uh as far as the yankees bats go thornton has been doing a really good job this season of limiting power to righties but his hard hit and his fly ball rate definitely suggests that he might have some negative regression coming to those ISO numbers. Um, I, I think a lot of these guys are in play. It's hard to, you know, just say not to play Yankees here. It's just more pricing and, you know, which, which of these guys you can fit in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. yeah, you're right about his right-handed stats or against righty stats being due for some, Pretty big negative regression here. He's given up a 226 ISO to lefties and only 108 to righties. Strikeout rates actually less to righties. Hard contact rate, more to righties. Fly ball rate, more to righties. Um, and the average hit distance is actually more to righties. There's nothing to suggest that he shouldn't be doing worse versus righties, or at least similarly as bad. So like trying to go off of his 299 WOBA and 108 ISO versus right-handed pitching is dumb. Treat him as a near splits neutral guy. Um, and that's it. So you got you got LeMay who's crushing it, Judge Hicks. Saying, every batter except for Gardner. Let's just put it that way. Every batter except for Gardner. And you can play Gardner if you want. You can do a wraparound stack. Best thing to do with the Yankees on this small of a slate is to go with the bottom of the order stacks will go like Torres, Didi, Encarnacion, Voight, and Sanchez. Leave off the top three, and that's your way to be a little bit contrarian. Yankees are going to be chalky. They're absolutely worth it. Um, No reason to fade them outside of price.
2: They're actually underpriced. Like, a lot of the Yankees' bats are underpriced. Like, Voight's 44, Didi's 35, Hicks is 38, Judge is 42. Like, Aaron Judge should probably be your first guy in 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 cash lineups today um at 4200 um just way too cheap for this early slate like you can make a five-man yankee stack and you know still get plenty of pitching here so obviously they're gonna be popular to be interesting to see if stanton plays or not you know he had a knee contusion um so we'll have to see if he's in there or not but yeah this is a spot that i would definitely suggest um loading up on these yankees bats they're just way too cheap yep um. All right, moving on. We got Kansas City at Cleveland. Jacob Junis against Trevor Bauer, nine total. Bauer is a 225 favorite. Any interest here in Junis?
1: No, no. I mean, Cleveland's a good-hitting team. They have a decently high implied total, and Junis is not good. Uh, he's an entirely average strikeout rate guy. Gives up a little bit too much power. No reason to use him going up against a good Cleveland team, which will have a whole lot of the lefties in there, which Eunice has given up a 376 Woba against.
2: Yeah. No interest in Junis as well. Um, Bauer on the other side, you know, obviously people are going to be paying up for sale quite a bit today. Is this a spot that Bauer is going to maybe fly under the radar a little bit?
1: I mean, he's going to fly under the radar just because of what's around him. Marquez has a, is around the same price tag. Paxton's around the same price tag. Sales around the same price tag. All of them are very good pitchers and most of them are in decent enough spots. Some of them are in great spots. I don't, I I don't think I'm going to use Bauer, but he will go a little bit under owned.
2: Yeah, I don't uh, like. I typically only play one team on early slates. Um, I just don't have the time to build a bunch of teams, so I don't think he'll make the cut for me today. But I do think he's a a guy that if you're playing, you know, multiple teams here, you you certainly need to consider getting exposure to him. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, who are you really afraid of in the Kansas City lineup? Now, I will say one thing. The Kansas City lineup has been striking out a lot less recently, so, like, obviously that's concerning, but that's kind of really the only thing that's concerning here.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not that great of a lineup. I mean, they do have Hunter Dozier back, but... And Solera's got some power, but they're not still not that concerning. Like, you worry about Bauer with walks, and that's about it.
2: Um... What are we looking at here for the Kansas City bats?
1: I'll stack them up just in case Bauer gets wild. He can still give up some power to both sides of the plate because the main thing with Bauer right now is he can't really locate the strikes on that well with half of his pitches, and he ch- tends to start giving up on certain pitches, and then at certain points when he's getting behind, the pow- behind in the count, he'll start throwing meatballs down the plate, and that can that can give some pro or that can make him pay with guys like Dozier, guys like Solaire guys like gordon who have some power versus righties so i don't mind using gordon dozier solaire or a full stack here just because of bauer's control issues that we've seen occasionally it's a small enough slate where you can go this contrarian and it can work out well even though there are a lot of good bats on it um yeah
2: dozier and solaire would be the two guys if i played anybody here and you know i don't feel great about it bauer is really good against righties Uh, as far as the cleveland bats go Lindor, Santana, Kipnis, um, Bradley. Kipnis has been really, really good over the last month. Um, you know, after a slow start this season, he's been really good. So, um, certainly don't mind looking at some of these Cleveland lefties here.
1: Yeah, no, Kipnis, I'm kind of angry at because I just kept playing him. I'm like, he's due for some positive regression. He's due for some positive regression. And then Cano came back and became kind of the cash game guy instead of Kipnis. And so I missed out on. One or two of his home run games, which is sad. Still still had him for half of them, but uh yeah, the lefties here are the guys to go with. Eunice has a 376 WOBA, 209 ISO going up against the lefties, and you have Lindor, Santana, Kipnis is doing well, Ramirez, who's due for some positive regression still. Like the underlying numbers don't support how bad he's doing, considering you don't see a guy with like an 80% medium hard contact rate and a sixteen percent K rate. Have a two twelve bat, but it just doesn't really happen. He's due for some positive regression here, um, so I like him. And then you can round out your stack with any of the guys. Junis is just not a very good pitcher, and the KC bullpen's not good. But the two main guys I'm going with are probably Kibnis and Ramirez.
2: Um, moving on, San Diego at Baltimore, Matthew Strom against Dylan Bundy, ten total. Um, any interest here in Strom at a minus one thirty against Baltimore?
1: I don't hate it, but that's just because of what's on this slate. You don't really have a whole lot of guys to pay down for. Uh, there's one guy that is slightly above him that I think I'm just going to forgo going with Strom and just go all in on him, which is not a great idea. It's probably going to be chalky. Uh, so if you want to pivot in tournaments, Strom isn't the worst idea in the world. There's tons of Ks all the way up and down this lineup. And like Literally, the only guy that strikes out at a sub-19% clip is Alberto. There's going to be strikeouts all the way everywhere. And Strom is a bit of an extreme reverse split so far this year, which I think has something to do with his arm angle. So he can get right. He's at a decent clip here. I I don't like him as much as Samarja, which we'll get to in a second, but I do think he's a good tournament pivot off Samarja just because I'm guessing he's going to have – the most ownership of any guy on the slate.
2: Yeah. Um I don't hate it. I don't know if I necessarily like it, but you know, like you said, there are some strikeouts here. He's cheap enough that, you know, you can roll the dice. Um, any interest in Dylan Bundy on the other side here?
1: His price makes me worried. 8.1k when I can get Paxton for nine. But I'm guessing no one's really gonna go with him because Paxton is slightly more expensive. Um, Bundy, this is literally the perfect boom bust matchup here. Like, it's literally drawn up where Bundy could end up with 14 strikeouts or he could end up with four home runs in the first inning. This San Diego team has a bunch of power and it's all righty power. And Bundy incorporated that changeup so he's not really giving up too many bombs from the left side of the plate. It's being played in Baltimore. Like he there's a 26.7% average K rate to righties in this lineup here, and Bundy has a 31% K rate versus righties. The upside is absolutely massive here for Bundy, but so's the downside. Use him a bit in tournaments, but don't go too heavy.
2: Yeah, I like his tournament upside for sure. Um I hope the price kind of keeps people off. Like that that's you know something that happens from time to time and could see people stay away from him here just because his price being so high. Um, I, I like his tournament upside. 31.1% K rate to righties, and this lineup is very right-handed heavy. So um a lot of strikeout upside here. As far as the Padres bats go, like, you know, I think you could play, you know, pretty much everybody you played yesterday. Tatis, um, Machado, Renfro, Reyes. Um, like I, I don't hate the Padres here. There's a, they have one of the highest and probably totals on the slate.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'd I'd target the power righties. So Tatís Machado, Renfro Reyes, Myers if he's in the lineup, but I don't mind going with guys like Naylor who is still he's an actual decent hitter looking at his minor league numbers. It just hasn't entirely transitioned to the majors. He's cheap enough at 3500 even though Bundy has been good versus lefties. His price tag is low enough we're rounding out a stack with him isn't a bad idea, considering he's probably going to get a few innings against this terrible Baltimore bullpen. But, yeah, I mean, the guys guys that I would immediately target are also the highest price, guys. It's kind of the same situation we had yesterday where you can pivot off Yankee bats and go to much less owned San Diego bats.
2: Yep, don't hate that. Um, with the Yankees being so cheap, they're just going to be very, very popular on this slate. Um, as far as the Baltimore bats go, you know, Alberto is always a guy that's interesting, Mancini, Severino Nunez. Um, I don't typically stack them, but I don't mind, you know, potentially playing them as, you know, one or two offs, um, one or two man's um here in this spot.
1: Yeah, and I mean Strom has given up a whole lot of power so far this season. Um, and a lot of that's from being in or a lot of that is being in Petco. So he should be due for some bombs here going into Baltimore. It's much better here as ballpark. I target Mancini, Severino, Nunez, uh, anyone with power. And then, yeah, you can go Alberto if you really want to. But I'm more targeting power bats in this matchup here. And those three have some power going up against a guy with an extreme fly ball rate and extreme hard contact rate.
2: Yeah, Alberto is just interesting because he's so cheap. Um, you know, he he kind of compliments these guys well. So, um, yeah. Moving on here, um, we got the Dodgers at Arizona. Tony Gonzalez against Taylor Clark. Uh, Ten total here. Gonzalez a one forty four favorite. Uh, roof going to be closed for this one, which is always interesting. Any interest in Tony Gonzalez making his debut? Um, electric fastball with a splitter, decent curve, um, top five prospect in the Dodgers organization.
1: I mean, you can. He's not going to go more than five innings in all likelihood. In AAA, he was being held at about 75 pitches. Um, but it's just how trash the slate is when it comes to getting low price guys and how good some of the high price bats are. You can hope to get five innings out of him and him cruise through this lineup. Samarja is above and beyond way better for like just raw points and points per dollar, but you just don't have too much here that you can really go with. I prefer Strom, I prefer Samarja, but if you really want to and you're fine with just getting four innings and 16 points on the slate, then that's fine. But he like this isn't an easy matchup. He's a good pitcher, but you don't know how late he's going to go into the game.
2: Yeah. Um, he's not going to go deep here. You, you mentioned it. Um, he is on normal rest, which is good. His last AAA game was June 20th. He threw 77 pitches. He has really, really solid um, strikeout upside. It's just more of like he's probably not going to throw, you know, 75 plus pitches here. He's done it one time in AAA this season. So, um, i don't hate it because of the slate but you know on the flip side of it like you got to remember like arizona is not a bad offense and they're a team that you know necessarily can work counts and walk a little bit they don't strike out a ton so like all that is super concerning but i don't think he's the worst play on this slate at 6800 if you're just looking for somebody to pair with like a chris sale yeah um any interest here in taylor clark
1: clark is not good he doesn't strike out guys dodgers are good no
2: all right let's talk bats here even with the roof being closed uh still really like the dodgers here jock bellinger um, muncie verdugo um all these guys always um interesting
1: yeah no clark has a 319 iso versus lefties 286 iso versus righties and these guys can hit well. If Garlick's in the lineup tomorrow, I don't think he will be. But if he is, he's only 2,500 there. Don't mind that. Jock Jams, Verdugo, Bellinger, Muncy are the top three, four guys to go with. But you can really throw anyone in there in this lineup. Um, most of them aren't too atrociously priced. I don't mind going with the righties. Clark still hasn't been good against them. Um, granted, he strikes him out at a higher clip, but he still hasn't been great i'm fine with a dodger stack but there's just so many stacks on the slate that i mean they're they might go slightly under owned going into arizona and having the roof be closed
2: um arizona i think you know obviously you could potentially get some bullpen here um do you have any interest in the arizona bats
1: nah i think i'm just gonna fade them. too many good bats on the slate it, this guy's good and air or the Dodgers bullpen is good. So I don't think you really need to go with any of these Arizona bats, considering there are so many teams in good spots on just a six game slate. Some are going to go off and I doubt the Diamondbacks do. You can play Marte or Escobar or Peralta as one-offs or mini stack it if you really want to, but their prices are right up there outside of Peralta is a little bit too cheap, but their prices are right up there with, all the other good offenses on the slate. So I'm probably just going to fade the Diamondbacks.
2: That's kind of where I'm at as well. Last game on this early slate, we got Colorado at San Francisco, Herman Marquez against Jeff Samarja. Seven and a half total, which is the lowest total by two and a half runs or one and a half runs on this slate. Um, Any interest here in Marquez?
1: I mean, it's a pitcher in San Fran with good strikeout numbers going up against San Fran, who's just not a good team overall. We've seen it multiple times recently, like, or pretty much all year long. When in doubt, kind of go with the guy in San Fran. The problem is sales on the slate, and I'd rather pay up for sale and cash. So so he's out of consideration for cash. Paxson's 1,000 cheaper and has just as much upside. Marquez is. Probably a decent GPP play if you can get up to him, but I'm not going on my way to do it for SP2 because I'd rather just go with the Sale samarja correlation. But he's got a safe matchup. He's got strikeout upside. If there's more righties in the lineup, then there looks like there's going to be now. Then you can go with him more. But he still only has an 18% K rate versus lefties. So if they load up this lineup with seven lefties, it kind of just, or six lefties kind of just takes him out of consideration just because you don't get that upside.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the lineup looks like, but he's certainly in play here. Game in San Francisco. Live arm. Um I have interest Jeff Samarja on the other side of this game. Um you know, obviously no Trevor Story here. A Little watered down Colorado lineup in San Francisco. He's really cheap. He's probably going to be pretty chalky here.
1: I mean, we've seen what the this Colorado lineup has done in San Fran so far. They weren't Great against Pomerantz. They weren't great against uh, Bumgarner. And they aren't going to be great in all likelihood going up against Samarja. Looking at his home road splits, he has a 5 ERA on the road. He has a 3 ERA at home. He pitches to his ballpark, which is extreme fly balls and hard contact. So going up against this team that's just not good, that's striking out a huge clip, that is a whole bunch of bad batters in it. I, I... like The only reason to fade Samarja is ownership, and I don't even think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to roll my dice with my hitters, go with Samarja, get likely 15 to 20 points here against a bad Colorado lineup just because there's not a good pivot. pivot. Like I said, Strom's not great, and the Dodgers guy is not great and is not going to go late to the game. So I'd rather just risk it with Samarja. He's your SP2 in cash in all likelihood. He's your SP2 in tournaments, and... Easiest way to do it is just be double the field, which is a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I like Samarja a lot here. Um, I just like the price. Uh, you know, obviously you could fade him if you want to play the ownership leverage game. Um, I don't know if I'll fade him either. You know, with my one, one lineup, you know, obviously it could get rocked here, but I, I just I, I have a hard time seeing him go under ten you know and if he does if he does if he does go under 10 obviously he's going to crush you but i don't like anybody below him um you know the dodgers pitcher is the only other guy that i have interest in in this range and like you said he's just not going to go deep into the game so it's really tough to trust that so for me um, i definitely have interest here in the shark um any hitters from this game in general like just sum it up i i don't really have any interest in like anybody outside of maybe like a blackman or a doll
1: Yeah, you can fully stack the Rockies just knowing how chalky Samarja is going to be. If you're running 20 lineups in a big field tournament and have one Rockies full stack in there and just hope for the best. But, um, yeah, one-off bats, no. Stacking them Giants, no. Colorado in smaller field tournaments, absolutely not. Um, That's basically it. The only reason to do it is just extreme leverage against the chalkiest pitcher on the slate that's not a great pitcher in all reality.
2: Um, Moving on to the main slate here, we get started with the Mets and the Phillies. Jason Vargas, Nick Pavetta, 10.5 total. Um, Any interest here in Vargas?
1: No. I know Vargas will magically have a good game every once in a while, um, but I think there's other guys I'd rather take a shot on. Vargas is just not a good... Pitcher and Philly is a good hitting team.
2: Yeah, this is one of my favorite stacks on the slate is Philly, so I um, definitely don't have any interest in Vargas. Um, Pavetta on the other side here, it's been a rough season for Pavetta. Um, he's given up a lot of power to both sides of the plate, really hasn't shown a ton of strikeout upside. I think I stay away from Pavetta here.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Pavetta's yeah got some pretty extreme splits. Historically, he has been worse to righties this year than he has in the past, but he hasn't been great. And there's some decent lefties in this lineup. Smith has actually been hitting really well this season versus righties. Um, I don't think I go with Pavetta here.
2: Let's talk bats. Um, Alonzo Cano, Conforto, Smith—kind of the guys that I'm looking at to attack, uh, you know, against Pavetta. I like lefties a little bit more, but Alonzo is just in a league of his own right now.
1: Yeah, no, just play Alonzo on every single slate, and there's probably a 50% chance that you'll get a home run on any given one. Um, This guy's just good, and Cano, perpetually too cheap, and it's absolutely infuriating because I'm forced to play him every single day, but he's 3K, and so you're kind of forced into it. Um, McNeil I don't hate, uh, but, yeah, it's it's the lefties here, and it's Alonzo, and if you really want to add in a catcher, you can go with Ramos
2: um let's see here the philly side like i said they're one of my favorite stacks you know you look at vargas this season he's been decent he's not been terrible um but you look up and down this lineup you know kangaroo segura hoskins ramuto even harper all these guys have been really really good against left-handed pitching
1: yeah and i mean something to notice with vargas is just the way he pitches doesn't seem to get beat up too often But he has pretty extreme home road splits, and this is going into a decent ballpark. 4.6 ERA on the road, 2.79 at home, and that's mostly because of that ballpark there. So I don't mind it. I don't think I'm going to go too much. It's mostly Hoskins for me, Kingery, Real Muto, just for the catcher position. Um, But Vargas just doesn't get beat up that much, so I'd rather... Rather pick him off with home run bats, which even then he still has only given up seven total on the season. So I get that you like it. I get why it's just I've learned my lesson with Vargas in the past, and it's strictly because he doesn't get beat up. Maybe it won't continue. The numbers don't really say it should continue, but he hasn't given up more than three earned runs in a single game all season long, which is ridiculous. Um, and I'm just not gonna bother.
2: Time to break that streak. Here we go. Um, Washington at Miami, Patrick Corbin, Zach Gollin, um, seven and a half total here. Any interest in Corbin?
1: I don't think so. I mean, they raised. he's probably going to have a decent amount of ownership. I don't know. I guess you can go with him in cash. There isn't really any good cash game options. But I'm guessing if that happens, he's likely SP1 in cash. People are probably going to be on him, which means it's going to be high owned in tournaments. He did look decent in his last start. Um, but prior to that, he was he was having a rough time. I get it's against the Marlins, who are gonna have probably eight or nine righties in their lineup here today. Um it could like it's it's still the Marlins. He can do really well, but he's 10-6 and he's gonna be chalky here. I don't I don't think I'm gonna go with him in tournaments. I think I like a guy slightly cheaper who has a whole bunch more upside and downside in this, uh, on the slate.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I don't hate it. Um, I, I do think he's certainly a guy you're looking at for cash games, uh, seven and a half total being in Miami. Uh, roof's probably going to be closed because it's hot. Um, it's, it's insanely hot in Florida right now. So um, I, I do think Corbin is certainly a guy that you could look at in cash. Um, I, You know, I think you can look at him in tournaments too, depending on him, how much ownership he has. Zach Gallen, on the other side, you know, I started him in his start against San Francisco or St. Louis in his first outing. Uh, I think I can play him here. This guy's shown a ton of strikeout ability in the minors this season. He looked good in his first start, got a little unlucky, and still pitched really well. Seventy-one hundred. Uh, I think he's certainly a guy we're looking at here.
1: Yep, yep. No red. Right there with you. The price tag is too cheap in this matchup here. I really like him. One of my favorite pitchers on the entire slate. Point per dollar. It's against a tough Washington team, but they are playing in Miami with a dome closed in all likelihood. I I really like Gallon. The strikeout upside is absolutely there. Twenty three point eight percent projected K rate in this lineup. I think Gallon's one of the top plays on the entire slate.
2: Yeah, I like it. I'm glad that you're um, thinking the same thing as me. So it's it's definitely a spot that I want to attack. I think you could play Soto. I think you could play Rendon. Um, I don't even hate Matt Adams, but I, I'm not going to go crazy here with the Washington bats.
1: If he is chalky, then I might not mind to hedge stack, but their prices are too constrictive and it's being played in Miami, which is rarely a good place to stack in all likelihood. No one's cheap enough that want to play as a one-off and the stack isn't going to be probably high upside enough for me to think about going in there in tournaments. I'm probably just going to full on fade hitters from probably this entire game. Uh, well, well, and at least hitters from Washington.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, you go to the Miami side of things. Um, the one guy that is interesting here for me from Miami is Polo. Um, is the dude that came over from LA. He's shown some upside against left handed pitching. Um, I have interest in him.
1: Yeah. Um, I've got interest in him. It's honestly the pricing for these Miami guys and how chalky that Corbin's going to be. I'm starting to talk myself into stacking them uh, or at least mini stacking them a bit. But Cooper, Anderson, Puello, Castro, even just because of his price tag, I believe it's still super cheap. You can get those guys in and double stack it with another team. And a lot of these batters aren't like Puello is pretty darn good. He was crushing it for the Angels. And Cooper and Anderson are decent hitters. Their numbers against lefties are not good this season, but just looking at the heart of this lineup, all of them have 40% plus hard hit rates versus lefties. They just haven't really gotten um, great numbers, which part of that is playing Miami. I get they're playing in Miami now, but Corbin's had a problem with hard-hitting righties so far this season. So I don't mind a little may stack here for the price savings.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I could stack them, but I certainly understand why you're looking at them. Um, the pricing is is certainly interesting, and you know we're not seeing a ton of value on this slate so far, so we'll have to kind of see as we keep going here. Um, I never look at pricing before we start. So Texas at Detroit, 8.5 total, Mike Miner, Matt Boyd. Um, Boyd, a slight favorite here. This is probably one of the most interesting games on the slate for me.
1: Um, what are your thoughts here on Mike Miner? I, it's a good matchup. Miner's been like he's been good this year. I don't know if I want to pay eleven K for him. That's basically it. I get Detroit's bad. There are some strikeouts here, but um, yeah, like I I just can't pay that price tag for him.
2: Yeah, the price is the biggest issue for me too. I think it's a good matchup. There's a lot of strikeouts here outside of like Miggy and Castellanos, but a lot of strikeouts. I think the upside is there. It's just really hard to click on his price at that or his just click on his name at that price point for me um is the biggest issue like i don't know if i could pull the trigger um i'm trying to pull up fandle pricing to see if it's uh, any like if he's cheaper over there Oh uh, let's see he is he's the highest price pitcher on fandle as well at 10-1 so it's going to be tough to click the name if I if I if I make twenty lineups like I've been doing um, over the last couple of days, I'll have a little exposure to minor because I do think he's a guy that could be the highest scoring pitcher on the slate, and he's a nice pivot off of Corbin. Um, Matt Boyd on the other side, he's a guy that's interesting to me as well. Like he's a guy that has strikeout upside. We know it. You know, thirty percent strikeout rate on the season. There's a lot of strikeouts in this Texas lineup. They're a team that I've loved to play against with left-handed pitching this season. And when we're looking at Boyd, he's 10K. So, like, he's another guy that's kind of interesting as a pivot off of Corbin.
1: Yeah, no, I love Boyd on the slate. Um, He's just been, been great versus lefties this year. Has an elite K rate. And, yeah, this Texas team, there's so many strikeouts all the way up and down it versus lefties. And I get that there is, like, some potential problems here. But, I mean, Boyd doesn't really give up any, like, home runs to lefties. He's a huge ground ball guy. And he gives up – he has a 30% soft contact rate versus lefties this year. It's a small sample size. I get that. But he's a very good pitcher. People often don't play him. Um, I think he's my favorite tournament play on the entire slate just because of the massive amount of upside he has here
2: i might play boyd and cash on FanDuel today like he's not like super cheap by any means at 9400 or anything like that but he's just in a really really good spot like he's consistent i know he hasn't had the best outings his last couple times out but he's super consistent there's just not like you know obviously like gallo can always take you yard but you mentioned everything on the reasons why that, you know, that's li- like, li- less likely to happen here. So I like Boyd a lot. Um, I really don't like any of the Texas bats, and I really don't like any of the Detroit bats. Like, this is a game I think both these pitchers are in play, and I'll stay away from the bats.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like playing Gallo in most situations, even lefty lefties, but going up against a high K rate lefty is not a great idea.
2: Um, any bats from Detroit side? No. Yeah, that's just that's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, moving on here, Oakland at St. Louis, Tanner Anderson against Adam Wainwright. Um, no total in this one. Any interest here in Tanner Anderson?
1: No. He's just he's been good so far this season, and his numbers aren't bad. Um, it's just He's a better real-life pitcher than he is a fantasy pitcher here. And like he only has a 19% K rate. Um, Hold on. I
2: didn't want to interrupt you, but um, it came out like an hour ago. Daniel Magnin is going to start this game.
1: Yeah, I was actually looking, trying to find Anderson's price, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, that makes more sense. So, yeah, Magnin uh, is going
2: to start now. Um, Obviously, that's probably why we don't have a total um, getting recalled here. I actually had interest in Anderson. I don't really have interest in Magnin.
1: Yeah, uh, no interest in Magnin. Six XFIP so far this year, low K rate, gotten wild. Maybe he fixed it. Maybe he hasn't, but I don't don't think this is a good spot to go with him. Uh, No, I'm fading him.
2: Oh, man, I really wanted to – I had interest in Anderson. I really did. Um, on the other side of this game, Adam Wainwright facing a pretty right-handed heavy offense, um, you know, obviously an offense that can get to him. I don't think he's the worst play at 7K. I like Gallen more than I like Wainwright. Um, I like Valdez, who we haven't talked about more than I like Wainwright, but Wainwright would be in my player pool today.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's basically it. Like Gallen, Valdez, and Wainwright are all – Within two hundred dollars of each other, and Wainwright just happens to be my third pick of the three. Like I'll still mix and match them because they all have upside. They all have potential downside. Um, Oakland's a good hitting team, but there are strikeouts there. And Wainwright's just been so much better better versus righties, and he's probably only facing two lefties in this lineup. They're losing their DH. I have some interest in Wainwright, but he's third out of the list of those three guys.
2: Yep. Um. Let's see here. Bats. Anything on the Oakland side?
1: Um, Olson. That's pretty much it. Um, I mean, you can stack them up. It looks like Wainwright's going to be the chalk, but as of right now, we don't. I don't know if we have an implied total for him, and I don't see that many people going on Wainwright when Valdez and Gallon are both around the same price tag. Um, so it's it's mostly just Olson. You can take a shot on Davis or Chapman here, but. Uh, Like Davis is mostly just a price play at 3,900. I think he's going to be decently owned, and it's not really a great spot for him going up against Wainwright.
2: Yeah. Olsen, I have a little interest in Olsen. I could see making a three man with Chapman, Olsen, Davis, but outside of that, really don't have a lot of interest in the Oakland Bats here. Um, As far as the St. Louis Bats go, I have more interest in the St. Louis Bats, knowing that it's going to be. Megnan instead of um anderson anderson's actually been really good against righties, so i'm surprised they're going with megnon here but i have interest in Dejong, goldschmidt ozuna carpenter i think you could play those guys um this is not a bad spot for them by any means
1: yeah and i mean they're all decently priced megan just not great and they're like they're in a better ballpark than oakland i'd, I'd probably mostly go with carp Goldschmidt and DeJong, just because their prices at right around 4K for all of them.
2: Yep, they're just nice little values. That's all. Um, Atlanta at Chicago, Dallas Keuchel, Hugh Darvish. Um, neutral win here, so not to worry about a win game like we've been worrying about all week. Um, any interest here in Keuchel?
1: No, I don't. like. He might pitch late enough into the game. And Chicago's a decent strikeout lineup, but... Uh, like he's he's 8k and i'd rather go with uh valdez wainwright gallon than him so i'm just gonna cross him off
2: yeah i I, he was a fade for me in his first start against washington he struggled mightily in that start it's a little bit better matchup here against the cubs they do have a lot of strikeouts towards the bottom of the order but they do have a lot of power against left-handed pitching as well so I'm going to take another wait-and-see approach on Keuchel. I was not impressed by the first one. He did throw 99 pitches. He threw over 100 pitches in his rehab start. So I think he's going to be a guy that will be deeper into games for Atlanta because they have a lot of young guys, and you know, obviously they have Keuchel for a year at this point. But I don't think this is the spot I'm going to pull the trigger. Um, You, Darvish, on the other side, any interest here in Darvish?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always have interest in you, Darvish, in tournaments. 26% K rate, 12% swinging strike rate. He hasn't walked many guys in his last three starts, um, only an average of one per start here. Going up against Atlanta, it's a tough matchup, but you're not going to find that much upside uh, with a guy around this price tag. I mean, problem is Gallon, Wainwright, Valdez are all in the same price range. I think the smart move in tournaments is just to go with – two of these guys in a lot of your lineups maybe pay up for boyd but staying in the 7k range is probably the way to go and darvish has just as much upside as the other guys
2: yeah i don't mind darvish in tournaments here um you know where, where this team's going to beat you is pretty much Ryan and power um and he's been he's been decent against righties it's just you always worry about the walks like the walks are the biggest thing with him and The Atlanta Braves are a team that certainly concerned me when it comes to that because they are patient. They will take pitches. They will walk. So I think that's the biggest concern. And, you know, if you look back to his first start against Atlanta, he walked four guys, only had two strikeouts, really struggled in that game. And, like, that's the biggest concern for me with Darvish. Again, I think Gallen more. Um, It's just going to be like, you know, I'm going to be comparing a lot of guys to that guy. And so – not gonna not gonna play darvish a lot today if any uh as far as the atlanta bats i think freddie freeman's like one of the best tournament plays on the slate Uh, i love this spot for him
1: yeah yeah i mean honestly darvish can get wild and while he's a good fantasy pitcher he doesn't have great numbers and he doesn't have good numbers versus lefties so far this season so freeman's the main guy that i would go with here um I don't think I'm going to be overly targeting Atlanta bats outside of Freeman. Like You can go Acuna, you can go Riley, you can go Donaldson, you can go Albies just because Albies is generally too on because he bats in the eight hole, but he is on the away team, so he may get that extra at bat. Um, But I I think Freeman's the only guy that I'd be really targeting in this matchup here just because Freeman's so good and Darvish has struggled versus lefties.
2: Yeah. Freeman's the guy for me. Um, Mark Akis, I don't hate him because I have to mention him if I don't hold home run. Um, as far as the Cubs go, like, you know, Keiko really struggled with strikeouts in that first outing. And we know like he's a massive ground ball guy, but we know Baez and Bryant can get the ball up in the air. Even Contreras. Do we look at some of these guys that have those massive fly ball rates?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Schwarber going up against lefties may strike out a huge clip, but that's not really a worry with um, Keichel. So this 46%, 46 46.7% fly ball rate uh, is just, I mean, if he's not striking out his 30% clip, he can hit the ball the yard pretty easily here. I don't mind a Chicago stack. I like Baez. I like Bryant. I don't mind Schwarber. Just in case he is back to semi what he was before. I don't know if he's a guy we should overly target against, but I don't mind throwing a stack in there. And Bryant's numbers and Baez's numbers are just fantastic versus lefties anyways. And Baez's thirty percent K rate versus lefties isn't a huge thing to worry about. So yeah, um target those two guys and even Contreras and a full stack isn't the worst idea in the world, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go overboard.
2: Um, moving on here, Cincinnati at LA, Tanner Rourke against Jaime Barrier. Um, any interest here in Rorick?
1: No. Um, LA is one of the lowest strikeout teams in the league. Rorick is an all right pitcher, but there's four lefties where he's really struggled with lefties so far this season. And one of the righties is Trout, the other good righty is Upton. The other guy's Fletcher who only strikes out at 9% rate. I don't see much upside with Rorick here. I'm not going to use him.
2: So I'm also seeing that it could be Griffin Canning starting. Um, I yeah, zero interest in Rorick. Um, The Angels are bats that we're going to talk about here in a second. Five o'clock. What five o'clock on the West Coast game in LA in a ballpark that's been very hitter friendly. I have zero interest in Rorick um if it's barry i have zero interest if it's canning um, i have some slight interest in canning he's a guy that definitely can go out and get some strikeouts
1: yeah yeah i mean problem with canning is his 8-2 price tag i think i'd rather stay in the 7k range but canning's a good good pitcher and he's got strikeout upside in virtually any matchup the cincinnati team striking out at 22% club versus righty so far this year but Canning is good to both sides of the plate because he has a good slider, a good curve, and a good changeup. So, like, yeah, I, I I have some interest. I don't prefer him, I think, to the other four guys, but I definitely have some interest in him if he is starting. If it's Barrios, no way. Um, bats here for Cincy. Dietrich, uh, if it's Barrios, then yeah, you can you can throw in a whole bunch of bats here, any of the power guys. Um, Winker, Dietrich, Suarez, Senzel, Puig are all very much in play. If it's Canning, then I think I have the most interest in Dietrich and Winker. Uh, Canning has given up like, fly balls and hard contact to both sides of the plate, um, but like, just playing the platoons, knowing that Dietrich and Winker are very good hitters, I don't mind either of them, but yeah, Barrios Stack, Canning, mostly just Winker and Dietrich. But neither one of them are fantastic plays. Dietrich's prices, and they're, both their prices are just too cheap at 4300 and
2: 3900 Yep, those are the two guys that I was going to bring up as well. Um, as far as the Angels go, Rorick, 382 Woba to lefties this season. Strikeout rate only under right under 18%. He's been a lot better against righties than he has against lefties. Love this spot for Otani and Calhoun. Um, obviously, you could put Trout in there, Lestella, like, Definitely looking at the Angels' bats here.
1: Yeah, yeah, the lefties in this lineup are all great plays. Um, even Upton is only 4K. I know Roark's been good, but 4K is a little bit too tr- cheap for him. There's four outfielders that you can actually play here, so it's a little bit tougher to stack him up. Or if he's in the lineup, he's only 3,600. Rourke again is not great versus lefties. I don't mind the stack. Otani's the probably the top guy from this from this team, but Lestelle, like all the other, all these guys seem to be a little bit underpriced considering the matchup. So like I don't mind picking choosing one off bats either with some power with these lefties.
2: Yep. Um moving on. Pittsburgh at Houston. I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. I already know it, but I'm gonna try anyway. Um Dario Agrazzo against Fry Frybar um Frambar Valdez. Um any interest here in Dario?
1: Good call, just calling him by Dario there the being um looking at his <laughs> minor, I mean we only have one start from him. Looking at his minor league numbers, he looks like just an average pitcher. Um not a huge strikeout guy. I have zero in oh. I mean, his price tag is super cheap at 5300 but Houston's a tough matchup. They got Springer back. They got Bregman, Altuve. Now they have Alvarez added to the lineup here. They're already not a high K-rate lineup. No, I don't think I'm going to play Dario, even though that price tag is tempting.
2: Yeah, he just hasn't shown enough strikeout ability in the minors to face a Houston team that doesn't strike out with a ton of power, so... I'm going to pass on him. Um, Valdez on the other side of this game. I have slight interest in him, Grant. like We've used a lot of left-handed pitching guys against this team this season. The massive ground ball guy, he's shown a little bit of strikeout upside. Um, I have have slight interest here. Just the price is very intriguing.
1: Yeah, he was playing real well um, prior to that Yankee start. The problem is I don't know how late in the game he's going to go, but 6,900 is still cheap enough where I really like him and – Yeah, Pittsburgh has not been great versus lefties, and Valdez, we worry about the walk rate. Pittsburgh has, the projected lineup has walked at 3.8% clip versus lefties so far this year. Average in K rate, like slightly above average in ISO, but this isn't a bad pitcher's ballpark. Valdez is cheap. He's shown upside recently. He's struck out guys at a pretty high clip in the last few games. I have a lot of interest in him. It's Because of the price and because of the matchup, I I think that he's one of the better plays on the slate.
2: Yeah, he's certainly going to be a guy I'm using a bunch in tournaments today. Just look at the hit distance for this guy, um, and he's just he's put together a really solid season. And like a lot of these numbers are a little inflated too, um, because of the Yankees start, and that was in Yankee Stadium. This is obviously a much different matchup. So uh, as far as the Pittsburgh Bats, you know you can always play Josh Bell. You know, I'm never going to talk you off of Josh Bell. There's a ton of good first basements today. I'm probably not going to end up on him. Uh, Do you have any interest here in any of these Pittsburgh bats?
1: Valdez is an extreme ground ball guy. Does not like, does not give up fantasy points. Bell. Yeah. I'm not going to talk you off of, but I'm fading everyone from Pittsburgh.
2: Yep. I just, I love the Houston bats. Like they're, they're a team that I'm definitely going to roll out some stacks. Um, This guy was really solid in his first start. Don't get me wrong; Um, he didn't like go out and like light the world on fire against Miami. But like, it's just he struggled a little bit in that Miami game. The fact that he's gonna get the matchup here against Houston with the top five of this lineup, just all all guys that I want to play. You know, Altuve's still underpriced. Bregman has a ton of upside. Alvarez hits home runs at a at a massive clip. Like Springer is under 5K. I think you can look at a lot of these Houston bats. Um, not the greatest ballpark in the world. Not the best bullpen matchup in the world. But I, I think you can look at Houston here.
1: I mean, I remember back when they were at full health last and they were putting up 8, 9, 10 runs a night. I mean, let's be honest. Half The, the top half of this lineup isn't... I don't think it's worse than the Yankees' top half of the lineup in all reality. I mean, Bregman, Altuve, Springer, Alvarez are all all all-stars. They're priced too cheap on this slate. Alvarez is the only guy priced correctly at 5.2K. He's the most expensive guy, which finally they realize it. Um, But all these guys are fantastic. I love the Houston stack. I don't care about the ballpark. They are good, and they are going up against a rookie pitcher with not a whole lot of strikeouts. This could be a real blow-up spot for the Houston offense. Yep. Um,
2: nothing else to really add. Seattle at Milwaukee, Wade LeBlanc after a starter and Houser. Um Any interest here in LeBlanc?
1: Against Milwaukee, no. Um, it's in Milwaukee, which automatically gives it a downgrade. Yes, he is cheap. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother trying to get a pitcher at a thousand less, just to save a thousand bucks. Considering I go with Gallon, Wainwright, Valdez. So, yeah, no, no interest in LeBlanc for me.
2: Yeah, especially after like dominating Baltimore in his last start. You guys can have that. Um, I'm gonna go right back to the well of taking bats against him. We'll talk about that in a second. Hauser, you know, we know he's not going to go deep here. I think this is a situation we probably would just stay away from.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's probably not going more than four innings of the bullpen game. I guess Seattle's bad. Hauser's good, but it's not worth it. Um, Any Seattle bats? Vogelbach is always in play. but Did you see the home run
2: he hit on Tuesday? Oh, my gosh.
1: I love that guy. I, yeah, I, I played my I one. Ah, gosh, I had a Seattle stack. That I had a chance to um, take down a GPP, and then Omar comes up with the bases loaded and just lines out. So that wasn't great. But yeah, Seattle's still not a great lineup. Milwaukee has a great bullpen. There's a bullpen game. Hauser's a good bullpen arm, unless they come in with something like Freddie. That Hauser's going to be the opener, and then uh Peralta is going to come in afterwards then Peralta can get beat up that's pretty much the only situation where I'd really think about using Seattle bats outside of Vogelbach
2: I would definitely think about using Peralta if that's going to happen <laughs> Seattle um the Milwaukee side of things here you know I think you can look at the righties I don't mind Yelich um and but yeah I think this is a good spot for like Grandall Braun Jesus Aguilar um Yelich, Moustakas, all these guys, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, LeBlanc does have a 30% K rate versus lefties this year. That's not good. He's not a K – he's not a strikeout pitcher. Look at his last year's numbers. There's no reason to suggest he should be anywhere close to this. Ball gets put in play a whole lot. Um, so a guy like Aguilar is fantastic going up against LeBlanc, who has given up a 217 ISO so far this season and doesn't strike out righties at a high clip at all so um yeah pretty much like milwaukee is a fantastic stack we don't have a line for it but i'm guessing the line's probably going to come out at around 5.5 for the brewers um so i'm I, I love the Brewers stack today and i love using lefties against good lefties like moustakis and yelich up against leblanc uh, just because everyone's going to look at his numbers. They're due for some regression, and he can get beat up from both sides of the plate.
2: Yep. His numbers are just uh, – he has some strikeout ability. Don't get me wrong. He can he can have some decent games. Uh, unless this lineup comes out very left-handed heavy for some odd reason, I'm not going to play him, and I'm I'm going to load up on some of these right-handed bats. Uh, last game on the slate uh, – the slate's going to be over pretty early. Last game's at 8-10. Charlie Morton, Jake Rizzi, nine total. Pick'em game. Any interest here in Morton?
1: A little bit, but not really. I mean, he's in play for tournaments. He's an ace pitcher. Um, he's going up against a very, very, very tough Minnesota team, and that kind of shows in the 4.5 implied team total for them. Um, but Morton still strikes out guys at massive clip from both sides of the plate. He's got upside. It's not a safe one. Strictly there for GPPs, but... He's a 30% K-rate guy who doesn't walk too many guys and gets a lot of ground balls, has a filthy curve, and there are some si- strikeouts in this Minnesota lineup. So I have some interest in um, Morton, just I'm in love with Boyd today, so I don't know if I'll end up playing more than one or two shares of Morton.
2: Yeah, Morton, one of my least favorite guys on this one. Um, the Minnesota team is just so good. You know, We have to put him in that category of, do you really want to take pictures against this team? And for me, on a nine-game slate with other options up at the top, I don't think I'll pull the trigger. Um, Jake Rizzi on the other side, like, got to have a little interest here, right? Like 9,500 for his type of upside, like, slight interested here. But even him, like, I, I don't love it. But, you know, you have to remember, this guy just put up 33 against this team in the beginning of the month.
1: Yeah, he's in play. I'll probably mix them in a little bit with Morton and Boyd, but Boyd is just just way more. Um, I'm going to be on way more. And like, he still has great numbers, even though he got blown up a little bit against Kansas City last week. He is a good pitcher. He does have upside. I don't mind him for tournaments. I prefer him to both Corbin and Minor in tournaments. Boyd's my favorite guy up there, so that's why I'll have less shares at Orizzy, but yeah. He's going up against a fairly high K-rate Tampa Bay lineup. But it's just, I like Boyd. It's that simple. Yep. Um, Any bats from Tampa? So, yes, I really like Tampa. Tampa's one of the sneakiest stacks on the slate. Odorizzi's been good this season. He's giving a 46% fly ball rate and a 42% hard contact rate to... Essentially, both sides of the plate here, and yet he has less than a 100 ISO on the season. That doesn't make sense. Looking at his last year's numbers, he was much worse versus lefties than righties. Look at go if if you guys got time, go to Plate IQ right now and go look at his numbers so far this year. His WOBA is just all green with all his pitches, but his CX WOBA is pretty much all red outside of his splitter. Um, I really. Really like this Tampa Bay stack, and I really like the lefties here. Um, it's a ballpark. It's a ballpark upgrade for him going from Tampa Bay to here. Their prices aren't terribly restrictive. You got Choi at thirty-seven hundred. You got Zunino or no as catchers with power that are not expensive. Meadows crushes, Laub crushes, Kiermaier is not a guy, bad guy to round out your stack if you need someone cheap. I believe he's way too cheap if I remember correctly. I don't know. He's he's priced about right, but Adamus is a very good hitter. That's starting to. I think he hit a bomb today, but he's hitting better this season, and he's still fairly cheap at just thirty two hundred. Tampa Bay might be my favorite. I'm talking myself more and more onto this. Tampa Bay might be my favorite stack on the slate.
2: Fair enough. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to pull the trigger. But if I make twenty teams, I'll probably have at least one um, Tampa stack. So I like it. I I, I I hear you. I hear you. Um, any interest in the Minnesota bats?
1: I mean, they're always in play. They haven't been great recently for like the last week. They haven't really blown up more than one or exploded for a bunch of runs more than once. I. Morton's just very good, and he's an extreme ground ball guy. I don't think I'm going here with Minnesota. And big field tournaments, go ahead, but I don't think I'm going here.
2: Yeah, large field tournaments, um, you know, top-heavy tournaments. Minnesota is another team that, like, on a nine-game slate, I might have um, one Minnesota stack, too, um, just, <laughs> just because they have a ton of upside. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Grant, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts.
1: Well, you have Gallon. I'll take Valdez.
2: Uh, I was going to take one of those two guys, so I will take Gallon. Um, over 8K to bust today. Who's who's your bust to score under 15?
1: Uh, Corbin. Even against Miami.
2: I like it. Um I'm gonna say oh man gimme Keichel. He's an easy call. What's out? Over four K to hit a home run. Who do you got?
1: I'm sticking with Tampa Bay. I'm going meadows.
2: There's so many options today. Um gimme Otani. Uh under four K to get two hits. Who's your cheap guy? Puello. I'm going to go back to the well and say Calhoun. I like it. I wanted Dominic Smith, but he's a little over 4K, so I can't take him. Give me a stack to score six or more runs. Tampa Bay. I almost wrote it down with even without even asking. Um, I'm going to go all the way back to the first game we talked about. I really like Philly.
1: Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I got nothing. I'm kind of hoping I accidentally sleep through the morning slate to be honest, because I don't want to go with the Uber shock pitchers. <laughs> I
2: already entered some contests, so I can't do that. But on that note, we're going to get out of here. hope everyone has an awesome Wednesday. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball early slate Early slate on Thursday. So look for that podcast early in the morning. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. take you, kids.